This audio recording is produced by Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous, also known as FA. FA is a program based on the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is free and open to anyone who wants to stop eating addictively. The following is one FA member's story of recovery. The opinions expressed here are those of the individual member and do not represent FA as a whole. If you are new or uncertain about FA, we encourage you to listen to several stories to gain an understanding of what the program offers. For information on the FA program, please visit our website, foodaddicts.org. Hello. Welcome to this qualification meeting. I'm a food addict from Massachusetts, and I'm your leader for this hour. I'll start by giving you my numbers. Uh, My highest weight was 220 pounds thereabouts, and I've kept since I've been in FA, about 70 pounds off my body. And I've been in program since October of 2000. I came in on my 50th birthday. So I've been here a number of years. So I'll tell you a little bit about my background. I grew up in a single parent family. I had my mother, older sister, younger brother. And things went along fairly well until I was about five years old. And then I moved in with my aunt and uncle, my life changed, you know, it changed pretty drastically, and and I found myself going for the food, and my aunt just loved to cook, and she would bake things and cook these uh, fabulous dinners, so there was always seconds and thirds, and I gravitated to the food, you know, and and I got good strokes for that, you know, I was told how good of an eater I was. It wasn't long, though, I found myself uh, sneaking the food because, I don't know, it just tasted better or something, something. It, uh, you know, it was, the food was there for the asking, but I, I would rather sneak out to the garage with a spoon and open the freezer and eat from the wrong side of the box and then just say that I didn't do it. It wasn't me. You know, and there wasn't a, a lot of choices of who it could have been. It was my aunt and uncle, me and the dog. And, uh, I don't re- remember if the dog could reach the freezer door or not, but it was definitely me. And I would just deny it and deny it, and I'd get punished. And I would do it again and again and again. And I remember being in that house. My aunt and uncle both worked, and I'd I'd come home from school early, and this I'm probably nine, ten years old, so I'd have an hour or two in the house alone, and I taught myself how to cook. I could read, I could read boxes. I would make these concoctions. It said serving of eight or serving of four or whatever, and I'd make the whole box, and I'd eat it all and destroy the evidence, and and, and nobody knew the difference, you know. And then they would come home and and make another meal and. And off I'd be, you know, and I just, I just loved eating, and it just gave me uh, a lot of comfort. But I didn't put a lot of weight on as a young youngster. I, uh, I carried a lot of weight in my head. I know that. I thought I was always heavy. I had this idea because um, my mother and my aunt, when they bought me clothes, they would always buy me huskies. So I had this idea that I must be big, you know. But I look at pictures. From that age, I was not a heavy kid, but I, you know, I just gravitated to the food. 
the weight didn't come on until much later in life. School, I, I went to school every day, but I, always, I was in trouble in school all the time. I, I just, I didn't fit in. I, I couldn't figure it out. Couldn't fit in with the rest of the kids. Every day in school, I would do something to get myself in trouble. For the whole first six years of elementary school, I had to eat my lunch on the stage away from the rest of the kids because I was such a troublemaker. Just never, never fit in. And I, you know, a long period of time of just feeling like a square peg in a round hole. And, and you know, why am I different from all these other kids? After my freshman year of high school, that summer, I moved back with my mother. And I got away from the discipline that my uncle doled out. It was it was pretty severe at times. You know, I, I got a job that summer. I was 14. I worked on a farm picking tomatoes. And uh, we had a, a lunch break came. And there were some other guys my age. And we decided we were going to go break into a, a summer house. Uh, we did that. All that was there was alcohol. And we stole the alcohol. And I got a gallon bottle of Muscatel wine, and I, I stashed it at work. The next morning, my mother had to drop me off early because she had to be to work before I did. I was just going to try this wine to see what it tasted like, and I got a glass. It was about a half an hour, 45 minutes later, the gallon bottle of wine was gone. It was empty. I got pretty sick, and I went home. I never drank Muscatel wine again. I drank everything under the sun other than that for the next 18 years, and I got involved with lots of different drugs. After high school, I went to school in Boston. I was going to be an architect, but uh, you know, I couldn't make it through the second year there and uh, because I was hanging out on the commons, in the Boston commons, with all the guys that were you know, doing drugs and, and protesting the war. This is in the late 60s, so uh, there I was with my uh, army field jacket with a peace sign on the back of it. I was supposed to be in school and I'm out there doing drugs. Two years went by and I went home to mom. My high school girlfriend that I had been seeing for a couple of years, three years, and then as she got pregnant, we got married. And that's just the way I thought it was supposed to be, you know, and we did that. and. I'd stopped doing all the hard drugs right away, but uh, the drinking continued for a number of years until I got to a point where, you know, I didn't think I was married. I was doing things that single guys do. You know, I was not coming home at night. And so the marriage lasted 10 years, but not anything on my part that made it last because I had no clue about how to be a, a a husband or a parent, and by this time I had two daughters. I moved out on my own, and I remember that year, the year that I moved out, I, I moved like several times, and it got pretty easy. I, uh, it got pretty easy to move everything I owned. I, I lost. My truck got repossessed. I still had a job. I, I don't know how I managed that, but I, I, I held down a job, and something happened that that summer, I had fallen and gotten injured on the job, and a doctor prescribed some some uh, painkillers that I immediately got addicted to because that's you know it says take one every four hours. Well, I I took four every one hour, and uh, I was going through those 
that pain medication like way too soon and in those days it was easy to get if you had two different doctors who would give you two different prescriptions and then if you ran out you could always go to the emergency room and so I got I got readily addicted to that pain medicine my life went downhill pretty quick and I found myself in the doors of AA but for the grace of God I got sober and you know that's part of my story you know when I got into AA I had my weight was pro- I was probably 30 pounds underweight because I wasn't eating and all I was doing was drinking and taking taking this pain medication so I got sober like you know somebody invited me to a meeting I had been to one before and I thought they were all the same uh this woman gave me a ticket to go to an AA meeting and there was a uh, a couple of guest speakers and then uh, food and a dance. So I thought, you know, this is, I like AA, you know. <laughs> I thought they were all like that. And uh, it just happens that the next time I went to a meeting was a step meeting. And I was, of course, half in the wrapper when I went. And uh, one of the, the men after the meeting uh, said to me, maybe you need to get some more experience before you come back. And, uh, of course, I, I got a resentment right away. And Anyway, it was a couple of days later I got sober, and I, and I you know, stayed sober for a number of years and did everything that AA asked me to do. You know, went through the steps a number of times. I belonged to uh, big book step study meetings and uh, got really involved. And then, but there was still something wrong. There was, I, I got remarried again, still something wrong. I just could not relate to people. I was gaining weight and I couldn't, I was using the food and and my wife would tell me that all the time that, you know, you just replaced alcohol and drugs with food. And I, and I would say, you know, I, you can't be addicted to food. But, you know, I, I was, here I was, 220 pounds and my my answer to do all that was to get really busy with life. So, I had a business that I was running. I decided I was going to go and get my bachelor's degree. And I was going to do this all full-time and keep my business running and get good grades, too. I, I had to have really, you know, straight A's or else, you know, I couldn't, wouldn't mean anything to me. And the last year of my uh, senior year, I, I decided I was going to do an internship on top of that at the State House in Boston, and that was full-time. So uh, here I was, I was gone from 6 o'clock in the morning till at least 10 o'clock at night. And I'd come home and my wife wouldn't talk to me and I couldn't understand that. And I was 220 pounds and didn't know how I got there. I know now what I was doing. I was just eating around the clock. You know, in school I knew where all the vending machines were. I knew where the cafeterias were that I could get in and out and eat something in 10 minutes. And uh, I was just packing the weight on. Of course, that that marriage also ended. It was like shortly after I, I lost a bunch of weight. You know, I was I was you know not eating because of my emotions. I eat because of them, and I and I don't eat because of them. And I lost a decent amount of weight. But uh, you know, I started to feel better, and I, I started putting putting it all back on. And I I had tried all kinds of diets in the past, like I. I had done slim fast and 
and it worked the first time. The second time, I, I tried, I bought all the bars and the mixes and everything, and uh, I think I ate the whole box of bars in a week, and you know, drank all the drinks and then ate on top of that, and it didn't work for me the second time around. I figured I'd, I'd try something again, and uh, I had been to a meeting in the past that a friend of mine had brought me to. It's another uh, 12-step program for food addicts. And I, I got a sponsor when I went there, and I got a food plan, and I never went back. And I, I did it on my own for a while, so I figured I'd try that again. And I still had my little springy scale. You know, and I'd weigh and measure things and, and I'd eat them, you know. But of course, if I weighed something and it weighed 6.8 ounces, I'd cut that 8 ounces off and then put it in my mouth and I'd put the rest <laughs> in the plate. <laughs> that made perfect sense to me. You know, I, I grew up with you don't throw food away, you know, and I'll give it to the dog, you know, whatever. I tried this for a while and of course I was like, between meals, I was thinking about, well, what am I going to have for lunch, and how many calories is that? And you know, and I was going through all this routine. And what happened was, I did it for a few weeks, and I and I lost some weight. I went to a birthday party uh, that my cousin was having for one of her kids. I told myself, I'm going to eat first, and I'm not going to eat anything at this party. And I thought that was a good plan, and I made it through, and I went upstairs to say goodbye to everybody, and there was the birthday thing sitting there, and they said, why don't you take this home? And I said, sure, sure. I had no defense against that. I took it home, and I, I had a roommate at the time, and I said to him, I, I want this gone by tomorrow, this flour and sugar product, mostly sugar. He had one little piece of it, and I ate the rest, and it was it was gone in the morning. And I just said, you know, I did it again. Here I am. I, I, I said I wouldn't do that, and I did it again. And how many times I had done that in the past, it was, it was constant. It was constant. So the last thing I did for uh, finding this program was to uh, get a trainer at the gym. And he put me on this strict uh, diet. I was eating like six times a day and drinking all these protein shakes and working out every day. And after... A month, I looked good. Uh, I had lost like 30 pounds or so, and I had uh, gained some muscle, and I was toned. And he, he said to me, he says, okay, one night a week, you can go out and eat whatever you want. I did. I did. Uh, he didn't know that, that I was a food addict, and I didn't know it at the time, and I tried it. I went to uh, a restaurant that I hadn't been to in a while, and I got a flour product. And I ate half of it there in the restaurant, and I put the rest in the box, and I ate that in the car on the way home. And it was, you know, I was off and running. It was just like that Muscatel wine. It, I could not stop. Once I put that, that flour product in me, I, I, I'm gone. I, I, can't, I can't stop on my own. And so the way I found this program was through that same friend that it had taken me to a, a, a meeting in the past, uh, I ran into him, and he says, well, I'm doing this other program. I go to Boston on Saturdays, and he started to tell me about it and some of the disciplines. And, uh, and then he said to me, he says, I don't know if you could do it because you're a little too arrogant. And, of course, that caught my attention. He told me where there was a meeting on Tuesday night in my hometown, and I 
thought I'd give it a try. Uh, I, I went over there on Tuesday night, and there was a woman speaking from the front of the room that just got her 90 days. She was saying some things that just, the light bulb went off, you know, I just got it. It made sense to me. And I don't know what one thing she said, but I just remembered that I got, that I could be addicted to food. I hadn't heard that in the past. And it just, the whole scenario made sense. Uh, but I wasn't planning on staying. I thought, well, I'll try some other meetings and maybe maybe I'll come back to this one. Uh, I wasn't planning on joining. Uh, the break came and I got surrounded by people that uh, that just wanted to help me. And next thing I know, I was I had a sponsor. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't exactly know how that happened, but it was that that same guy that told me I was arrogant became my sponsor. And he was right. He was, you know, he was dead on. I was very arrogant. Especially, he started to tell me these things that, or suggest these things that I needed to do. Take quiet time. And I said, you know, I have this business to run. I, I have to get up at a certain time. I have guys that are waiting for me. And I don't have time to do quiet time. He reminded me uh, when I asked him to be my sponsor, that I said I'd be willing to do anything that he asked me to do, and I said, "Okay, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a try. I'll try to take quiet time." And he asked me to uh, join an A wall, and I said, "I'm all set there. I just did one in my other program, and it took it took me about eight weeks, so I'm all set, and I'm recovered that way. You know, I've been in I've been in another 12-step program for 18 years. You know, I don't need A wall." Again, he reminded me what I told him the night before. and It was my 50th birthday. I took two weeks vacation. I went to California. And on the day I got back, that AWOL was closing. I was in it. And I think it saved my life. You know, it, it just definitely kept me abstinent that first year because, you know, I had ideas of, of using this as a diet. That's what I thought it was. I lost weight pretty quick. In here, when I came in, I, I probably had like 30 pounds, maybe 35 pounds to lose, and it came off fairly quick. And I, I thought I was recovered until told, somebody said to me, he "said uh, thin is not well," you know. <laughs> and I took that to heart, you know. I, I said, "Yeah, maybe you got something there." And and I noticed, you know, one of the first things I noticed of putting the food down that. I had a lot of emotions that I hadn't paid a lot of attention to in the past. And they were coming up, especially in my first 30 days. One of the emotions I felt was rage. I, I could feel it coming from the bottom of my toes, right up my legs, and out of my mouth. People that worked for me were getting the brunt of that. I'd say things and I'd say, oh my God, did I just say that to this person? And I'd, I'd have to make an amends. And what happened for me, I got to share that stuff in my AWOL, and I got to share it with my sponsor. And I should say, after I got in that AWOL, then 30 days later, my sponsor had a break. And I, I thought I was going to have to have a break, too. And I got on the phone, and I, I, must have called, I wanted to have a male sponsor. You know, I'm coming from AA. That's what we were taught in AA, to have males with males. So I, I made uh, lots of calls talked to lots of men that didn't have time. And I finally ended up talking to this one guy, and he said, 
He told me he didn't have time to take me on, but he listened to me for a while, and I told him a lot about me in about 20 minutes, and after that conversation, he agreed to take me on as a sponsor. And he's been my sponsor for 12 years now, and it's, uh, it's been an, an incredible journey, to say the least. Right away, I wanted everything to change. I, wanted, I had this construction business. I, I was sick of it. I wanted to get rid of it. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something different. He kept me in check. You know, he says, you know, take a year before you make any major decisions in your life. And I did. Actually, two years into recovery, I, I went back, got my graduate degree in social work and changed professions. You know, and I, and I did that abstinently. And that was one of the things my sponsor had me agree to before I decided to go back to school was to not change my meetings around my school, but change my school around my meetings. Keep a program first, family, and then my job, which my job was school. And I did that, and it's amazing. I finished that graduate degree in two years, 61 credits, and did not break my abstinence, you know. And I watched my colleagues in school. One, one of my colleagues, she was 300 pounds, and when she started graduate school and went on this liquid diet and lost 150 pounds, something like that, and she was starting to look good. And then I watched her in the last semester of school put it all back on again, and you know, and she spent a lot of money doing that as a medically supervised weight loss program. You know, I would show up with my Tupperware, and they would say, "His here he is again with his Tupperware. What's he eating? And how how do you stay so disciplined?" And I say, "I'm not disciplined. That's why I do this program the way I do. It brings discipline to my life. I'm I'm a very undisciplined person. You know, this program has really changed my life in a lot of different ways. If you ask me, I would say I was very honest. But I've found in program I was not honest with." Money, for one thing, I was not honest with my business, which I had to, I, I uh, had to file bankruptcy on my business, and I got into into deep trouble, deep financial trouble. And I know today that I wasn't allowing God in my life. I was allowing him into my food program and to keep me abstinent and to keep me away from drugs and alcohol. That was fine. But the rest of my life, I thought, you know, I can do this. I can. I'm a. I'm a man. I can. I can run my own life. Well, I found that I really couldn't. My life was. I, here I am, abstinent, six years, and my life is totally unmanageable. What happened for me is I became very dishonest, and I went back to day one. My sponsors suggested that I go back to day one and take another look at this program. And uh, at the time, I was very angry. I didn't want to do it. And he says, just a suggestion, if you want to get another sponsor, you can go ahead and do that. I decided to stay with him and go back to day one. And i got to tell you, it's one of the best things I ever did in my life. I now have a stronger connection with God. I now trust that God is going to take care of me. I really have this trust and reliance on God. I know I'm going to be okay no matter what happens in my life today. That has helped me so much in the rest of my life. My family has gotten a lot closer. We have some things going on with my family. My, my mother's in a nursing facility, and she 
is on hospice right now. So it's, I've been able to show up for all that and walk through it and show up for my mother. Even you know, she's got Alzheimer's. She probably doesn't know who I am in a certain way, but I still can show up for that. And I know if I was in the food, I would, I, I'd be far away from that. I'd be avoiding it. I can talk to my other family members about what's going on with that and, and be the one that has the program. My job has, has really improved. I got this job in social work about four years ago, and I work on a team. It requires that I collaborate with the team. You know, I'm a team member. Well, I got there, and uh, we work in a big, we have a big room, a team room, and they asked me what uh, cubicle I wanted uh, where my phone and my desk are, and I, I picked the one far in the corner where nobody could see me. It was still isolating. I just full of fear and as my recovery got better I don't even go to my desk anymore I'm, I can be found at the, the main table and now because of program I've become a leader on the team what I do here in, in FA for service has taught me how to uh, be a leader at my job you know that's that's just one of the things that program has given me the things that you can't see that uh, people don't know about me is are what the things that I I like about program those things that I feel confident in myself today and I never in my whole life felt confident people would ask me how I was doing and I always say fine but I was in reality I felt depressed and sad and negative I don't have that stuff in my life anymore and I know where it comes from. I remember I was saying to my sponsor one morning early in recovery, he said, how are you doing today? And I said, I feel depressed. And he says, why are you choosing to go there? And I said, what? I didn't get it. I, th- I, I didn't know that it was a choice. I thought, you know, I woke up that way. I'm depressed. And, and he said, no, you're, you're choosing to think about those things that depress you. I don't know if it was right away or... A month later, I, I haven't been depressed since. It doesn't mean that I don't get sad and I have some low days, but I, I don't have that depression anymore where I feel immobilized, feel like I can't even get dressed and go out. Those days are long gone. The rage, I don't, I don't get that anymore. Even when people cut me off, I, I just wave to them. I couldn't resist that before. Of, of That would be a, a vent for my anger. When I do have anger, because I'm human, I talk about it. When another person angers me, I, I discuss it with them. I just recently had that problem at work where he was a doctor on our team, and he said something to me that I didn't like, and I got hurt, and I... I went to him and I told him that small stuff like that. I couldn't do any of that in the past, and today, that's incredible for me. Anyway, that I I can do that. I can just be present and show up for life today. You know, and what I was doing in the past was just escaping life. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to escape. I didn't want to be seen by anybody. I wanted to be invisible. You know, and I thought, wow, that would be great if you could be invisible. I'm just another member of one of one of many. You know, I don't, I don't puff myself up. I'm not that arrogant guy anymore. I watch for that because, you know, all those character defects, I still have them. They can spring up. 
but I, I keep them in check, and I keep them in check by coming here on a daily basis. So thank you. Thank you for listening to this audio recording. To hear additional recordings or to learn more about Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous, you can visit our website, foodaddicts.org.